This is the Doc Talk Podcast presented by Betfred Sports 2022, episode 33. Dr. Rob, the surroundings in the Doc Talk studios are starting to change before your very eyes. It's like man caving on us. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll give my son Owen a lot of credit, man. That dude is going straight to work. Please tell me he's getting something. Uh, He gets my love and affection and my admiration for how talented he is. (laughs) So for for many of you who are just listening to this on Apple or Podbean or somewhere else, make sure to go check out the YouTube version of the podcast to kind of see what the set has grown into. But I find it interesting. So he was digging through some old boxes in the basement and found photos of the old sound off set when you and I were on channel three. Nice. And he's tried to mimic that exact set and he's, he's done a pretty good job of it. I do remember, I remember the, uh, I mean, I remember the crate and stuff from, for some reason, that's what I have stuck in my head is that it was just, it was Creighton everywhere. Well, at that time I was doing play by play for Creighton and we had Creighton basketball games on and and I think uh you know Nebraska was not as giving of uh, of their material and I think Creighton just gave us a bunch of no, stuff. No, that was kind of like I, I remember that was like right at the start of the Steve Peterson era. Yeah, and I hated Steve Peterson. Yeah, most normal people yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah, but it was he kind of I mean it was just he sort of put the clamps down on everything. I mean, you couldn't do anything Nebraska unless it was like officially licensed through him. Now it'll be interesting because this set will will make a lot of people mad because um, all the, the Iowa State stuff. Well, yeah, I've got one Iowa State thing. I've got a couple of Iowa things. I've got a couple of Nebraska things. I've got a lot of the awards that I won when I was on television and some other things. But it's it, a major award. It, it'd be it, it look at behind me. You can still see the original. How this really started, you and I after sound off. Actually, Owen and I were talking about this earlier, um, and it was very short lived. And because at that time we thought, oh my god. This is just way too much content to produce. So Rob and I, after I left Channel 3, started a website called HuskerHawkeye.com. Rob would be the Husker perspective. I would be the Iowa perspective. And we'd have a little bit of fun with it. And I actually had like mic flags made and stuff like that. And we were doing like one video a week. We're like, oh my God, we don't have time for this. This is just way too much work. (laughs) We're producing 10 times as much content now as we we ever but, did. Yeah, but the platforms have changed. They have. And now, the thing is, though, too, you, you do do a lot of... I mean, there's a lot... Between you and Owen, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes work here. There There is. Like, I'm the laziest... <laughs> Son of a bitch when it comes to, the, to this stuff. Partly because I have no clue what I'm doing. Like, I show up and I talk. That's about it. The, I do that, and I do that fairly well. You do a really good job. I'm like you, the Energizer bunny. Of nobody's ever had a hard time shutting you up. Nah, it's, it, yeah, it's, <laughs> I'll just go. So, you know, the, we get a lot of remarks on the Tom Petty painting that's behind you. Uh, that's probably going to go away into Owen's uh, studio because he's got his own studio on the other side. We could put it maybe up over there, uh, well, kind the, of above and to the left of the well, Heisman Trophy. The, and I don't know, uh, we're on a wide show. So the, the, doc, the, the television that's behind you is going to go on the other side of the room. We have a neon Doc Talk sign that's going to nice. go up. 
So we have a neon sign. Bright lights, baby. And then we've asked you for a, a, a Rob Zadiska number 56 jersey, if you can find one. We'll give it back if you ever stop doing this, but we're going to frame it, put it in one of those box it's, frames, and put it behind. Which, you. yeah, it, it's buried in my I, – I got them all. They're buried in my basement, and, and there's like <laughs> 10 boxes on top of it right now because we're – we're doing some new drywall and stuff in the basement, so we had to like haul everything out. Put like it's like Tetris in our storage area. But right we did now. get it. We did uh, get the Kale Sanderson Wheaties box. We showed it last. It's week. up there. Yeah, it's up it's there. Up there. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, what people can't see, it's back by the television. And Owen was asking me about this earlier. Well, in this angle, you can. Okay, so if you see that little uh, rainbow thing up there. The, the piece of wood on the far right, that is actually my seat at the old Nebraska press box before they tore it down. You're kidding. So I was seat number 88, and when they tore all those uh, all those places out, they gave each media member what their seat was in the press box, and they gave those to us. That's actually kind of cool. It, it was, and I only was in that because that was from 1998. So I was in that press box for four years before they built the the suites in the big press box. So that's really one my only keepsake maybe from besides all my news, my press passes and stuff was my, my seat in the old press box. And there's now a generation, maybe two generations, that ha- don't even remember what that press box looked like. And see, that's what I – I mean, that was what was there the whole time yeah. I played. I got a chunk of the turf. Well, that's pretty cool, though. I thought it was kind of cool. I got a yeah. It's the turf that I played on from probably would have been my sophomore sophomore through senior years. Um, you ever I go think up they, and rub it and go. I can't believe I played on this crap. Oh, oh god, it was horror. <laughs> At the time, we we knew how bad it was. Which the stuff we had before when I hit the door there in '90 was like the old school, like the true Astro turf. Yes, I mean that's kind of the Kleenex name for it, but. Um, it was true AstroTurf brand, AstroTurf. And at that time, I mean, I'm guesstimating it was maybe 20 years old by 1990. Ooh. I think it was kind of an early 70s, maybe not quite 20, but it was probably about 15 years old, which, which kind of scares me when I say that because I think about the fact that 15 years old from 1990 is like 1975. But it was probably an early mid seventies artificial turf, and it was just it was horrible. But they replaced that when going into my would have been my redshirt sophomore year. Yeah, but they just replaced it with another carpet that was just as unsafe as that. Um, yeah, the stuff. The, the thing is, is that old astro turf. It, it was worn down. It was flattened down. It was almost slick. So the new stuff, it was like it was like playing on a damn brill pad. I mean, you could you you could I mean, I could take a chunk of that stuff like the 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 chunk I've got at home. I could cut that up and we could use that for cleaning pans in the kitchen. I mean, it's just it's like an industrial scrub brush. It's only it's almost like steel wool. It might be worse. I'm not, dude. I'm not kidding. It's horrible, horrible stuff. I, the amount of skin that that stuff removed from football players over the whatever, like eight or ten years that that stuff was on Memorial in Memorial Stadium. I mean, you could probably field an entire football team out of the DNA stuck in that stuff. So yeah, the 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 studio continues to grow. Um, and, uh, I'm happy with it. I think we're going to get some more stuff. Uh, Owen's doing a great job. He actually paid for like all this stuff. I mean, he went and got uh, the mini helmets. He again, would you give the kid a, I mean, give him some dimes. I gave him life. I gave him half my, 
my DNA. Oh, you're killing me. He knows I'm giving him a hard time. I know, and 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 the best part of the DNA came from mom. That's true. There it's is, the other half. There is no doubt about that. I, I will not dispute that at, at all. Hey, what are we drinking here, by the way? So our this is this is from our guy in Dawson, Minnesota. So Mark Weber, who I mean, Mark Mark follows the podcast. He follows us on Twitter. Um, his son is actually uh, an All American football player at Augustana. Okay. Um, actually, NFL prospect Eli Weber. If you get a chance, get if you're a D two guy, go check out an Augustana game. The kid is just he's a beast playing at safety. So, kind of the thing I wanted to really talk about. So it's what you're drinking right now. So this is their. I, I don't know. I'm gonna hold it up to the cameras. There we go. Best I can here. Sup, dog. There we go. It's got a pit bull on it. Um, it's their Citra Cali IPA. So it's kind of a really dry. It's not your juicy citrusy IPAs. No. I mean, it's kind of a dry citrus IPA. Now, the the reason it's sup, dog. So kind of the thing that why I brought this today. So uh, one of Mark's buddies. And like I said, this is Mark's the guy that follows us. He's a friend of mine. Just a great dude. Um, in Madison, Minnesota, which is near Dawson, Minnesota, both towns are roughly, if you know where Sioux Falls is, is at, it's, they're both about halfway between Minneapolis and Sioux Falls. So in Madison, Minnesota, there's Gemini Rescue, and I'm going to put some links on Twitter to this, uh, we're recording now on Sunday night. I'll put some links out there later tonight. And if you send them um, to me, I can put them on the, uh, the YouTube description. Too. I will do it. So, but yeah, it's Gemini Rescue. So all the all of the Sup Dog Citra Cali IPA from Talking Waters Brewery. So that's where the beer's from. I guess I I, I kind of neglected to mention that. So it's the beer we got tonight's from Talking Waters out of Minnesota. Um, and I'm trying to remember. I think we have had their stuff before. I want to say we've had had one of their porters. Um, but they're oh I'm going to screw this up. Montevideo, Minnesota. Montevideo. Yeah, which I mean, usually sounds like Zaywat and Nehu. I keep thinking Shawshank Redemption. I, I, it's, it's it's the Minnesota version, but Montevideo, <laughs> Minnesota, Talking Waters. Um, it, it's one of their IPAs, but I mean, all the, the proceeds go to benefit uh, Gemini Rescue. So it's a Rottweiler and Pitbull rescue group. Okay, they've been around for years. They do a really nice job, and I, I I'm kind of one of those guys that. Every dog my wife and I have ever owned has come from either a rescue or the Humane Society. It's they're the great dogs. We've always gotten wonderful dogs from them. It's a good group up there. So it's kind of a they they kind of cover all of the kind of a big chunk of southwestern Minnesota. Um, they don't list it as much on their website, but they actually are a rescue for horses as well. So I think they've got a handful of horses right now also. Who'd ever thought that horses need to be rescued? Um, to my understanding, it is a far bigger issue than people understand. Really? Well, well, look at it this way. People get a dog. Yeah. And they're like, okay, it's too much to handle. Holy crap, these things cost money. I got to actually buy food yeah. to feed these. I got to take them to the vet. Do that with a horse. Buying a horse is not the is not the the least expensive part of owning a horse. You own a horse, it's housing, boarding it, it's feeding it, it's taking care of it, it's the vet bill, so on and so forth. So there's a lot of horses that that end up in rescue situations as well. So, but anyway, 
Rottweilers, pit bulls, and now horses as well, too. Gemini Rescue, they're out of Madison, Minnesota. Um, if you get a chance, go look them up. on. They're both on Facebook and Twitter. Again, I'll post links later tonight. Um, but if you get a chance, go look them up. If, you, if you're kind of feeling up to it, throw them a few dollars online. Otherwise, if you're in southwestern Minnesota, go find some Talking Waters Brewery beer. Pick up the Sup Dog. It's it, if you like a really, it's kind of a unique IPA because, like I said earlier, um, you got your California IPAs, which are your really, really bitter, kind of punch in the face with that dry bitterness. It's it's a Cali Citra IPA, so it kind of has that citrus, but it still has that dryness. So if you're an IPA guy and you're you like a really good IPA, you like those West Coast IPAs. This is a good one that has that kind of that hot bitterness, little bit of citrus, but it doesn't start pushing into that kind of juicy citrus or that New England IPA genre it stays west coast with that citrus in there hey you had a big weekend because uh you're, you're like the king of exarban aren't you didn't, didn't you i'm not the, i'm not which they, they do not do the king and queen anymore yeah because it freaked people out well it i i don't want to say it freaked people out they felt like there was a need to kind of bring it up to speed in terms of modern society. Okay. And so what they do is they do a most honored citizens. Okay. Is how they do it. Is it so, male and female or still just a male? Um, often, usually what they've done, so this is only a couple of years old now. So what they've done is usually it's a couple. So this year it was the Dinsdales. Okay. Um, and so... Um, Pinnacle it, Bank, right? Yep. Yep. So it, it's, it, well, and... They've banking everywhere. God, I didn't realize how extensive that was. But they they turn around and they over. I mean, over the decades, they have put tons, tons of money, time, and effort back into the community. Very active. Um, if you ever get a chance to meet them, I've met them maybe once or twice. Incredibly, incredibly down to earth couple. They are so nice. But they're they love Nebraska. They love Iowa. They've got a lot of business in Iowa, and so they do a lot of business uh, throughout Western Iowa. And so it's not just a Nebraska thing; it's an Iowa thing as well, too. So I, I say that for you. It's all right. You don't. You don't have to. You don't have to keep me happy when it comes to that. I'm wearing red tonight, for God's sakes. That's because you love. That's the, because you love. I'm. I'm curious. Where's kind of the the, the cyclone gold here? No. See, this is. For, stop it, would you? I want to uh, hear you say the, that's Husker red. The, no, I will not say it. This is the only <laughs> red material that I own. And by the way, if you're watching on YouTube, this is the diversified portfolio T-shirt, uh, which you can get uh, by clicking the link on our YouTube page, or you can also find it on uh, Dr. Rob's Twitter page, but. Uh, uh, get one of these shirts. I, I'm not. I'm not joking. Actually, you're lying because you've got a Sorry Dave T-shirt that's red. Also, no, mine's charcoal. Is it? Yeah, I got you the red one. This is the first red one that I got. You son of a bitch. So yeah, this is. So I've got my bum T-shirt, my Sorry Dave T-shirt, and now my um, diverse. Pro th these I have three shirts. You have three shirts. You have two red, one charcoal. I have two charcoal, one red. I like the red. Uh, I, you know what I, I like more than anything. 
God, they're comfortable. They are very, very comfortable. I, I cannot tell you. This, I don't know. Is, whoever Raygun supplier is for textiles, they they, they, they they hit a home run. These are now Raygun shirts. So these are like the Raygun private label shirts, So oh, cool. which is really, really cool. I don't know where they get them. Probably somewhere overseas. Uh, but you're right. They're textile. I'm looking at the label, and i got to be honest with you. It's printed so small. And my, my uh, you know, I need readers now, <laughs> which... I'm not getting readers on top of my other glasses, so I just I've decided there's kind of a certain size print that just falls into the fuck it, sorry, Dave category. Well, here's the deal because I have the progressive lenses, which is just a fancy way of saying bifocals, right? Um, and now it's bifocals that doesn't have the old school cut yes. in the glass to where you actually. See so it. I have the progressive lenses, and yesterday I found myself not just with progressive lenses, but taking the phone out and using the flashlight so I could read. Oh. That that was a humbling experience, right? Uh, You're just like, bit. oh my god, I'm so old. I got to get the flashlight out now to read, and it was just it was it was like all of a sudden you'd go to your grandparents' house. They had flashlights and magnifying glasses everywhere. Yeah, and now you know why. And you're just like, what the hell? <laughs> now I know. Now I know. But uh, I'm not telling you to buy these shirts just because you know we'll make a couple bucks off them, which we will. Just full disclosure. Um, but they, they are, are comfortable. They are very comfortable, and we buy cool. them. We wear them. Yes. Like I, I honestly, I wear my t-shirts all. And, and, and the by time. the way, if you think, uh, I, and I did have to pay for these. I, they, they don't, they don't comp me the shirts that I want. So I, I've actually got to pay for the shirts that we get. So, dude, you're you're like hooking me up here. <laughs> well, I because love it. you know, I think we got to rep the merch. Could right? you maybe buy own a couple of shirts or something? Owen has all the shirts we do. Okay, just making sure. Just <laughs> yes. making Every sure. Every time I get a shirt, I get Owen a shirt. You know, we're going to have to have Owen on this podcast before before like the season's over, right? Yeah. I mean, he's back there pushing the buttons, making he's sure we look good. He's producer Owen. Yeah, he, he's producing this whole thing. Uh, of course, the Doc Talk podcast is presented by Betfred Sports, and basketball is back. And the best way to bet on basketball is with the Betfred Sports app. Also, you have college football, pro football, and pro basketball in full swing. And now college basketball is getting ready to start up. So visit the App Store on the Apple or Google Play Store and download the Betfred Sports app. Sign up and use the promo code DOCTALK and you can get a free $20 bet. Uh, that would take place in Arizona, Colorado, and Iowa. Again, But uh, not Nebraska. But not Nebraska. Oh, dude. So if you guys watched um, Behind the Point Spread last week, if you didn't... You went off. Now, I backed it up with numbers. There was nothing I lied about. Now, Well, no, I'm not saying you... I, I don't. When I say you went off, I'm, I'm saying, I mean, yeah. it was 100% appropriate. Now, it, it was interesting because I got some pushback. And if you want to see just the segment... From, but, so, I, I put it on my LinkedIn page. And I had a lawyer in town get mad at me. Because when you want to win a debate, what do you do? When you want to win the debate, you go to the moral high ground right away, right? So sure, it, I go to I go to facts right. No, well, away, but, but the moral high ground is always hard to defeat. It, it, it pretty much guarantees you're going to tie. For, well, the, the the problem with moral high grounds is that they're they're not factually no, defendable. No, now this now was, they're not factually defeatable either, and that's the, that's the problem. With the, them. This was not an argument about whether or not you think gambling should be legal. It's legal, okay. Yes. So we've and that's my problem with it is that that you've already I mean you've already broken through that yes, wall. That seal is busted. Yeah. So the first thing on my thing is what would Dr. Tom Osborne say? I don't give a shit what Dr. Tom Osborne would say. I don't. 
Well, you know, and a lot of people, it, it, it almost always, it's been joking. I mean, people, it, it's either been a little this sarcastic a or a little joking. People have asked me, hey, 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 Rob, what would Dr. Tom say? Now, in my, my kind of my pat comeback to that has always been, I love Coach Osborne. The amount of things that I learned from him, I, I mean, off the charts. It doesn't mean that I set my moral compass exactly to where yeah. Dr. O, Dr. Tom wanted me to set it. And, you know, for the most part, I've, I try to do the right thing. But at the same time, he just because he is who he is doesn't mean I'm going to agree with him on everything. No, and, and, and so that was the moral high ground right away, right? There's no finer so, human being so he, in the state of Nebraska so he, than Tom Osborne. Th then he goes into, um, we do not... Although even, even Osborne would disagree with that. So then he goes into, uh, you need to regulate it more, not open it up more, and b because what about point shaving? Are you kidding me? You got to come back. This is a lawyer in town. I said, come other back words, to me with something stronger than. This is somebody who doesn't understand how online betting actually no. works in this no. day and age. No. And, and really, when's the last point shaving scandal you heard of? Well, I mean, you've had stuff within the last decade or so. But it's not like it's widespread, is what I'm saying. You're always going to have people that will try to break the rules. That's going to happen in everything. It, it is, but the thing that I've always found interesting is that when you have seen point-shaving scandals, sort of the, the, the kind of the locus, the foci, the, the origination is within the the institution itself. I mean, it's it's been Carolina, it's been North, Northwestern, Boston College. Yeah, I mean, it's one of these things where what cracks me up. It, it's 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 the bookies, it's the nerds, it's it, it, it's the academics. It's at places like Northwestern, yeah. and North Carolina, and Boston College. Do you know where you don't see point shaving scandals? Las Vegas, like UNLV, yeah, Miami. So I mean, it's not or Texas. It's not. It's it's not the. And, and by the way, now with this, there are more regulations now that the books can can track different types of betting. The books turned in an NFL player with the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, it's I, and that's the thing. There's now that you've got this so regulated on a from a data analysis standpoint, where computers are going through all of this stuff in real time. You try and muck with this stuff, the red flags that pop yes. up, it's automatic. So this lawyer is an estate planner. So he came back with me. He, he We were going back and forth, and I, and I engaged in conversation. I probably shouldn't have done it. But he, but he comes back with me. He goes, well, you know, criminals always look to get around regulations. That's what criminals do. So then I fired back. Well, under your assumption, every estate planner is a criminal. Because there was somebody who lived in your neighborhood who whacked himself a couple of years ago because he was running a Ponzi scheme and he got around the regulations. And I just use that as an example. <laughs> but God, that's harsh, dude. It is harsh, but it's... don't but don't make the assumption everybody who gambles is a criminal because they're not. That that's like saying every. I mean, you probably know doctors who got addicted to to some of their own drugs. That doesn't mean every doctor is a drug addict. It, no, and and you, you know you make a point there that. I mean, I would probably say 99.9% .9 of the people who do online gambling 
it, it it's like your buddy Bob at work. Like I, so the thing that was interesting to me, you mean my boss, <laughs> I did, I, you know what I did just <laughs> that thought, until you said it, it didn't really hit me that it's like, yeah, your boss is in fact, Bob, but I'm not talking about that, Bob, but you know, so it was interesting to me. I mean, this is probably about a month back. We're up at Augustana. We're at, a, at, at we're up there tailgating before a game and it's all these, all these people from from Nebraska and Iowa. And the thing that was interesting is we were all talking about how all the Nebraska people were discussing how they, they hit I-29 to head up to Sioux Falls. And that's when they do all their online betting. Yes. Is when they're on I-29 heading up to Sioux Falls. Because you get into Iowa, you can pull up your BetFred yeah. app, open that up, and start placing your bets. All the guys from Iowa are looking at us, all of us Nebraskans going, what the hell are you guys talking about? Like they just assume, hey, if we can do in Iowa, apparently everybody can, and it's not the case. But they they completely, well, let me ask you this. How long have you had online mobile sports betting in Iowa? Two and a half years. Okay. Two and a half years in. They completely take it for granted now. They do. They just assume this is the way the world is. Yeah, and you know what? You and don't so, have many problems. No, they they have essentially none. Uh, do you know what they do have? Shit ton of state revenue. Yes. But anyway, it was funny because they're talking to us. When I say us, all, all, the, all the guys from Nebraska who are sitting there going, it's like, yeah, one of the things that's kind of fun about coming up to tailgate at Augustan is you're driving up I-29 in Iowa. That's when we place all of our bets on the sport on the sports book apps. Because yeah, that's what people do. And even but well, sorry, I, I digressed a little no, bit. No, you didn't. The point I was going to make is that 99.999 percent of the people who do this, it, it's it's your Joe Bob. It, it's it's every man. Yes. It's Joe the plumber. Are are the people who are doing this? It's not criminal. So if you want to see the, some people call it a rant, some people call it an editorial. I back it up with facts. If you want to see the money that's flowing around, and I only used Iowa as an example, go to the Doc Talk uh, YouTube page, and where you can see the the title of the video is Nebraska gets a bad beat or something like that. Which and we we went over on the uh, the behind the point spread last yeah. week as well too, yeah. Scott. I mean, we touched on those numbers then. So check that out. Uh, Nebraska will have sports betting, but you're only going to be able to do it at a casino, which does not take the consumer in mind. I use percentages from Iowa that will blow your mind away. Will blow your mind away, and it shows you how Nebraska is is just going to be running a step behind the, the lost revenue is, is what pains yeah. me. I mean, I look at that. I'm just, I mean, everything from freaking potholes to public schools. I mean, it kills me the amount of revenue and some people that Nebraska's well, it's only, you know, I was at 17 million over two and a half years of, of tax money. And they're like, oh, that's only 17 million. What? 17 million, 17 million bucks. It buys a lot. Buys a lot. That's a lot of potholes. It, it, it really, really does. So, uh, Nebraska, uh, people are probably wondering, are you guys ever going to talk about football? And the answer to that is yes, because uh, Nebraska loses to Illinois yesterday. Uh, Illinois covered the spread. And it, the, Nebraska's fortunes really started going downhill when Casey Thompson got hurt, and oh well, I I, I mean Chubba I mean, Purdy they, they, sucks. Okay, 
they tanked. I mean, they were going downhill yeah. already, but they tanked. I mean, uh, yeah, they tanked when Casey Shubba got hurt. Ain't Brock. No, he's not. I, although, I mean, I'd be the first to say as well, though. I mean, okay, let's, let's talk about Mickey Joseph a little bit. Okay. We're all, when I say we're all, I think a lot of really hardcore Nebraska fans are willing to give Mickey a little bit of a pass for the fact that he's trying to polish a turd. He's taking over three, four games into the season. It, it was a rough start to the season to begin with. You've got this revamped coaching staff. You've got a bunch of transfer players. It was not an easy thing to step into as an interim coach and try and have any success whatsoever. And he's gotten a bit of a pass for that. And I think it's a well-deserved pass. That's your backup quarterback coming into a game, third quarters, late second quarter, third quarter, whenever you're looking at it, um, and, and trying to perform. You haven't gotten all the snaps in practice. You haven't been working with those guys, with the receivers, the running backs, the offensive line. You have not gotten those reps like those guys have to the same degree. That timing's not down. That feel's not there. That chemistry's not there. It's a tough situation to have to come into as a backup quarterback. And so I I do feel for Brock. Jeez, I went back to Brock. For Chuba, um, I mean, it's just it's a, it's a tough situation across the board. So I, I don't necessarily fault him, it, it, but I will say this: it's not like it's not like Tommy Frazier goes down and Brooke Berenger comes in. How you guys went it's wrong with Matt Terman coming in? Yeah, I'll, although I mean, I'd, I'd be I have no problem with the Terminator. I'm just saying you went you went like three deep at that point. And people are like, oh my God, Matt, all Matt Terman had to do is hand the ball off to Lawrence Phillips. That's all he had to do. Well, we went three deep at running back with NFL guys. Yes. I, who, was, who was Iowa State's running back last couple of years? Uh, Brees Hall. Okay. Brees Hall would have been third string in 1990. You're probably right. And Brees Hall is in the NFL just to get had a knee injury, but a pretty darn good running back. He's with the Jets? Yeah. Yeah. So it's. It, yeah, I mean, it's honestly, Brees Hall would have had trouble beating out either Damon Benning or Clinton Childs. Re- like, legit would have had trouble beating out those guys. He's not beating out Lawrence. So, it, it, my, my point is, is that I think when you got a guy like Matt, I think he had a lot easier time of it. You've got, well, he had four NFL offensive linemen in front of him, a fifth guy who could have probably played in the league if he really wanted to. Um, it's a little bit of a different dynamic there. But even Matt, I'd make the point, too, that, I mean, the the game where Matt came in. Kansas State. So it was actually the week before against Oklahoma State. So Brooke originally had the, the rib fractures and the punctured lung against Wyoming. Yep. The next week's game was against Oklahoma State. The lung re... I mean, the, it's called pneumothorax the new the pneumothorax reformed which is i mean for layman's terms punctured lung the following week against oklahoma state brooke goes out against oklahoma state that was actually brooke finished the game against 
Wyoming. I mean, that's how t- the, he basically played half a game with one lung. And I say that in all seriousness. So tough son of a bitch finishes out the Wyoming game, Oklahoma state game. They had to put Matt in. We still moved the ball, but it was, it was a little rough sledding there for a while for Matt because all of a sudden it was like second and a half. Hey, by the way, out of the blue, you're going into the game right now and you haven't taken a lot of snaps with these guys that are going to be blocking for you, the ball carriers, the receivers. So that was kind of a new thing for Matt that he had to step into. I think going into the Kansas State game, that was probably an easier setup than the Oklahoma State game the week before for no reason other than the fact Matt knew he was starting and had an entire week of practice leading up to it. I'd be curious to see what Chubba could do with a full week of practice. He might get it this week. He he might I I kind of wonder what they're going to do with Logan in terms of the fact that and we'll talk we talk about this a little bit on the uh, Doc's diagnosis this week in terms of how well play action can work from a passing game standpoint for an inexperienced quarterback because I think if you're going to run an inexperienced quarterback you're going to trot that guy out there I think running play action is gold because it buys you a little bit of extra time throws the defense off and and it's a little bit more quick hitting you're not it's not these five seven step drops where you're dropping back into a pocket having to read the field it's usually you've got one or two predetermined reads and you're dumping that ball off quick and if and if the, your guy's not open chuck the ball into the sideline because it's play action you're probably already out, outside the pocket outside of that tackle box already, so it's not going to be a penalty. So I, I think play action's far, far easier, whether it's Chubba or Logan. I just think that with Logan Smothers, you've got a little bit more of a run threat there from him at the quarterback position. And I think that play action pass becomes a little bit more of a viable option, and it's something that de- the defense is going to have to respect because I do think Logan's a better runner than Chubba is. You know, you look at the numbers. Casey Thompson was 7-15, 172 yards. Not great, but, I mean, it was one half, essentially. Yeah, and, and I would say a lot of those 172 came on the two plays we diagnosed uh, uh, on Monday. Which I mean, he essentially had two plays that covered 100 yards. Yeah, because but he had two picks. Two picks? He did, you know, the one pick, and that was actually the play, I think, where he got injured. Yeah. I, I mean, that ball, he... So that doesn't he's, count. He's bringing the ball forward with his arm. I mean, if you're watching on YouTube, the defender comes in and the defender's helmet hits, I mean, just right there on the inside of the elbow. And, uh, I mean, essentially it turned in, I mean, that ball was just a lob up to whoever wanted to catch it at that point. But that was a hit on the quarterback as he's releasing the ball. I'm not sure I put that one on Casey. Honest to God, does this team win a game the rest of the season? Well, I mean, in, in Casey's actually been listed as day-to-day. That's not what I asked you. I asked you, does this team win a game the rest it of the season? It depends on if Casey's out there. I, I, think they've got a, I think they've got a solid chance against Minnesota. I think Minnesota has a better running back, and we talk about this. they got a better running back than Chase Brown. I don't know if they've got a better offense than what Illinois has. I also don't – I mean, Illinois' defense is pretty good. Yeah. 
That is actually, you know, you look at what, so, okay, I'm kind of tangenting here a little bit. Let's take this Illinois team right now that Bielema has out there. If you slapped a red W on the side of their helmet. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know, and they'd be ranked three spots higher than they are right now. Okay, let me ask you this. Would you take Brett Bielema as Nebraska's coach? Yeah. I I am Listen, Tommy so, DeVito's a really good quarterback. I mean, listen, they, they had a lot of motion, but you have a quarterback that can run but not is not reliable. And upon I, I running. think Casey Thompson's a good quarterback. DeVito was a transfer guy. Yeah. Syracuse. Yeah. So I mean it, it's I so here's my thing with 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 Bielema where I'm kind of impressed. This is year two. Disciplined. They play discipline. They play very good defense. They're good up front on the line. They know what they are. You've seen line development. You've seen run game development. Rob, 38-13 to 21-47 in time of possession. That was seven, almost, almost a 17. You know me. I, I'm a time of possession guy. I love time of yeah. possession. If there is a stat that if I'm a coach, if there is a stat I want to win every game, it's time of possession. They had over a quarter more time of possession than Nebraska. That's brutal. That is a guaranteed win. If you have a quarter-plus time of possession win, that is a guaranteed win on the scoreboard. I mean, I'd mean, i I'd love to see the stats on that. If somebody out there wants to crunch those numbers, I would love to see that because I bet they'd be pretty damn interesting. It's, But, yeah, I... See, here's the thing, too. I, I did not like Bielema, and part of it is because I'm a big Alvarez fan. Some people love him. A lot of people hate him. And a lot of, when I say a lot of people hate him, it's usually the people who worked for the guy. I, I mean, Gary Anderson, as a coach at Wisconsin, was outstanding. But he did exactly what Alvarez told him to do, and he did not like that. And and I think Bielema has been kind of I mean he's been fairly upfront and vocal. They they've kissed and made up. They did, but I mean kind of the gestalt of all of that that I got is that Bielema left Wisconsin because he was like I'm a football coach, I'm a good football coach, and I'm tired of doing exactly what Barry wants me to do. I am going to leave. I'm going to like I I've got what two or three Big Ten titles? Got some division titles. I thought he won two. Was a one or two Big Ten titles outright? I thought. Well, he, I think two, right? Because he beat I, Nebraska what twice in the Big Ten title game. Yes. Well, that would be two. There you go. I, um, I or thought, was it just one? I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember. My, I thought one of those actually might have been Gary Anderson. No, no, it wasn't Anderson. It wasn't. No. It was. It was Bielema. It was Bielema. Okay. So it's. He's a he's a he's a conference title winning coach. Goes to Arkansas because it's like I want to do my own thing, and he goes to a place where I, again again it's the SEC. In reality, it's the Southwest Conference. I mean, let's be real here, but it's still it's Arkansas. You've got access at Arkansas from a regional standpoint. You've got Arkansas, you got Missouri, you got Texas, you've got Louisiana. 
it's one of those places that from a recruiting standpoint, you've got population bases to draw from that can, that, that consistently produce great high school football players. And so you'd think Arkansas, okay, Bielema's going to go to Arkansas, and all I could think was, damn, he's going to be really good. He's going to own the SEC. We're going to see, we're going to finally see a foil to Nick Saban more so than what we saw with Les Miles at LSU. And he goes to Arkansas and just, God, it was nothing happened. And a lot of it seemed to me because he was trying to do whatever Alvarez would do. I kind of felt like Bielema tried to do the opposite of it at Arkansas. Just to prove a point, just to prove he was his own guy, just to prove that he was not Barry Alvarez. And he's gone back up to Illinois. They kind of, like I said, there was kind of this public kiss and make up. Yep. And what you're seeing on the field right now is is, is Bielema doing, okay, fuck it, I'm going to do what I did at Wisconsin. And guess what? Year two, it's working. He's, I mean, has he numerically, like statistically numerically, has he like won the division yet? No, it, it's still kind of open. It, it changed a little bit, but now he's got a couple tie breaks, which puts him in the lead. Um, but listen, they're seven, but they're and seven one. At, yeah, they're seven and one for the first time since two thousand and one, and they got what four games left? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I God, I don't see him finishing worse than nine and three. I, I'm kind of with you. I and now I kind of want to see Illinois play either Michigan or Ohio State in that in, in the Big Ten title game. That'll be interesting. But listen, we're just talking balance. It's nothing sexy, um, and it's really not. I mean, it, it, I wouldn't say it's it's overly flashy. But Tommy DeVito was twenty of twenty two for one seventy. That was brutal. 20, two touchdowns. 20, uh, he was 91%. That's insane. Uh, Chase Brown, 32 carries. 30. When you have a running back. I think 149 yards, which isn't, in, which is not an, I think he averaged what? Four and a half, four yeah, point seven like yards four, a carry. Yeah, so four and a half plus a carry, which is pretty, I mean, they could, I mean, in theory, could have just handed it to him. But Rob, think about it. You don't see running backs get 32 carries a game anymore. Not a lot. No, you don't. I know he, I know a guy like that loves it. That's a lot of wear and tear. Guys can't do that a whole career. I mean, that's brutal, but it's, I mean, that's a pitch count thing, but it's, I mean, the results show up when you look at the score, when you look at that time of possession, I think they had one seven-minute drive at one point during the game. I mean, it's I mean that's the kind of thing that wins games. I mean, that was what killed Nebraska is that I thought Nebraska, when I saw that, I mean, it was essentially a two-play drive, the touchdown pass to Volklick. So in the third quarter, uh, they had a drive that was 13 plays, 70 yards, went seven minutes and 27 okay. seconds. So I, I was looking for a parking spot in downtown Omaha listening to that drive. But it's that's one of those things where you're, you're sitting there going like, you have a seven, when you kill half a quarter with one drive, you're going to win football games. It's yeah. just, it's the nature. I mean, if the other team can't score, they're not going to win. And, and it's, it's, it's boring football. It is not exciting. Fans... Tom Osborne did this for the better part of two decades and people hated it. I remember when Bill Callahan came in 
And people were really, really apprehensive about Solich getting fired. And I remember, like, first play of the spring game, he has Joe Daly launched the 60-yard downfield pass, and the fans all cheered. And it was that. like, oh, my God, this is great. We're going to throw the ball. It's something new and different. And, oh, my God, we don't know what kind of night we're, nightmare we're fucking in for for the next 20 years. Sorry, Dave. But it's that was that was the thing that... That all of a sudden it was this movement away from fundamental football. And when you see good fundamental football, man, it's you you better appreciate it because it wins a lot of games. And that was an exercise in fundamental football. It was very good defense, which uh Illinois, I'm Okay, so I got my. I might have my facts wrong. Were they leading the conference in total defense? Or was uh, yes, it the at that nation? time they were. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they're one of the best defenses in the country. Right? I thought they were top five nationally, and yeah. I thought they were number one in total yeah, defense. They, they in were the number Big one Ten. in total defense in the Big Ten. And, and you throw you throw in time of possession, and this usually happens. Time of possession usually correlates into what? Good rushing yards. Wins. Right? Well, oh, wins and gotcha, good. And, and, I mean, you're not going to control the clock if you're throwing the football over the place. No. You're going to control the clock if you're running the football. 188 yards on the ground compared to just 60 for Nebraska. Yeah, and I mean, what was Nebraska? Didn't they have, I think it was like 34 total yards or something like that in the second 29, half? 29, I think it was. Yeah, you're not going to win a lot of games. No. That, 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 that is not being on the the comeback trail. When, you, when you've got an output of like less than 50 total yards and a half, yeah. you're not winning that game. Uh, of course, Nebraska is going to be back at home. It's an 11 o'clock game on Saturday against uh, Minnesota. And if you want to go to that game and see it at Memorial Stadium, make sure to go to Tickets for Less for your game day tickets. Uh, head over to ticketsforless.com and shop for the best selection of Husker tickets at the lowest prices or call 402-398-1999 now to work with one of their friendly local customer care service team members. Tickets at ticketsforless.com. You never pay lofty ticket fees on any order, meaning you can save big money compared to the other sites. Extend your savings now when you use the promo code DOCTALK at checkout. Again, use the, ter- the promo code DOCTALK at uh, checkout and get even more savings on your tickets. They are playing Minnesota this weekend. Minnesota shut out Rutgers yesterday, thirty-one to nothing. It's it, listen, Rutgers defense Which, is, I mean, is decent. Offensively, they're horrible. Yeah, and that's that's something. I mean, you got to go back again. The whole A beats B, so B beats C thing. I know that doesn't always play out in the real world when you actually put teams out on the field. Nebraska beat Rutgers. It was come from behind, and it was close. It was that was a tight game. I, I appreciate the fact that Nebraska was able to win a tight game, but it, it's there is a little bit of that where you look at it and go, okay, Minnesota had no problem with Rutgers. Zero. Well, it was it now, was Nebraska, nothing up until the, Minnesota pulled away in the in the late third in the fourth quarter. Really, they went they went Big Ten West against yeah. them in the second half, yeah. and start, I mean they ran the ball well the whole game. Um, I, I worry about Minnesota in the same way that I worry about Illinois. That I what kind of what happened with Illinois is what I was worried about. They're just going to hand the ball off to Chase Brown. They're going to chew up clock. Nebraska's not going to have. 
very many opportunities to do what they do best, which again is, it's like that drive in the second quarter that was essentially a two-play drive. They got a big play out of, out of, out of Brown where he, he essentially got him near midfield. And then they ran, honestly, it was kind of the same play. I mean, it was, it was a, it was an unbalanced line play action pass. They hit Volklik down the left sideline. He, he manages to shrug off a tackler as safety coming over the top, gets away from the safety, takes it on in for a touchdown. Um, if Nebraska's going to win games, they they need three, four, five series like that. It's got to be like Purdue where you get out there, you're you're lofting it up, and you're letting guys like Vokalek and Trey Palmer go get the ball and make big plays downfield. Nebraska does not have the capability. They've got a good running back. I mean, I really do think I, – I think Grant's awesome. Yeah. I, He's a very good running back. I feel bad because Nebraska does not have the offensive line to have that ball control offense. They don't have the offensive line to have that where they're going to get four yards, four yards, six yards, five yards, three yards, four yards. They're not going to nickel and dime teams moving down the field and chew up clock like Illinois did against Nebraska. And that's something that... Um, is going to haunt us the rest of the season because I think other teams do the, the teams we're playing do have that ability. Illinois definitely had that ability. Minnesota has the ability to do that. If they've got a healthy Ibrahim at running back, if Mo can come in and get I mean, keep in mind, if you get three and a half yards per play, that's three plays in a first down, three yeah. plays in a first down, three plays in a first down. You only have to average three and a half yards a play to win a football game. Minnesota has that capability. Nebraska has, and I'm not just saying just Casey Thompson. I mean, they got, I mean, I think Logan Smothers can run a grind it out, run offense from the quarterback position type of type of offense. I think Anthony Grant is the kind of guy that can can take a ton of carries, can carry an offense, can chew up clock like that. I don't think Nebraska has the offensive line to do it. And again, when I look around the league, Illinois has that. Minnesota has that. I don't think Iowa does, but no, I mean, that doesn't. was kind of the classic. It was always Iowa and Wisconsin, but we've got Wisconsin coming up. Guess who's got that kind of offensive line? Now, Wisconsin. I, I will say this. I was, he made a couple of adjustments yesterday in the offensive line. They played, but they only played Northwestern now. And that's a game Nebraska should have won, but didn't, but didn't. Yeah. The, the, Nebraska is the only team that made Northwestern look good this year. Yeah, God, I, that's painful. I, but yes, you're right when you say that. Um, but yeah, I mean, Wisconsin's another one. I mean, there, there's when when you look at who Nebraska has left, it worries me that we've got we've got Minnesota coming up. We still got to play Wisconsin. I mean, these are not these are going to be tough games. So we got to play Michigan, and that's an instant loss. I hate saying that. I mean, I, I love what we did against Michigan last year. 
we got to go up to Ann Arbor. That's going to be a bitch. Yeah. Um, they got another good running back. They got a they got an NFL offensive line. I, I they really do. You know what? I actually think Michigan's better than Ohio State. Well, guess what? We're going to find. We are going to find in, out in a month. We're going to find out. Um, when you look at the rest of Nebraska's schedule, so your question was, does Nebraska win another game? If Nebraska's defense can tighten up a little bit, and I actually, you know, I didn't grade them very high. I, I gave them, did I give them a C? The Not offense? No, the defense. Uh, I'll have to go back. I think it was a D, actually. There was, this was a tough game to grade because at times they did good things, at times they did bad things. Nebraska's defense, I mean, they kind of got pushed up and down the field. They did an okay job of keeping Illinois out of the end zone. I mean, they held them to, what, 26 points? I'm a little bit impressed with the fact that they held Illinois to to 26 points, given the time of possession. I mean, normally, if a team shows up and they got almost 40 minutes time of possession on you, that that's usually a 40-point loss. That's not twenty that's not a twenty-six to nine kind of game. So here are your here are your grades. Running game D minus. Okay, so let's talk this out a little bit because people love the grades. Well, let me rephrase it. By by love the grades, they also hate the grades. So running game D minus. Yeah, that's just, fair. They, they didn't move the ball. They were not able to establish a running game at all. And you saw situations where Nebraska had a fourth and two, fourth and three. You really weren't going to lose anything by going for it because the game was lost already, and they chose to punt on fourth and two. That that's that's a D minus. That's a that's almost. A, I mean, that alone says you probably ought to flunk them in the run game. But I gave them a D minus. Passing game D minus. Um, the picks were brutal. Now I'll admit, like I said, the one pick that Casey had where he got hit, the arm injury. Hopefully, he's going to come back from that. Um, I don't fault him for that. But it was three picks. They had some very good plays. They were unable to do it consistently, and that's why I downgraded them. Offensive line D. I almost expected more hits on Casey in this game. The fact that he had one big hit. But, I mean, we talked about this earlier on the Doc's diagnosis that sooner or later the offensive line becomes a liability, and we're seeing that with the injury with Casey on Saturday. That's the kind of hitch you have to worry about, and we talked about this a few weeks ago. Um, I actually expected more hits on him. I think they, I think Nebraska did a little bit of a better job with the play-action pass, which is why I didn't flunk them in the passing game, and it's also why I didn't give them a flunking grade on the offensive line is because I think they did do a lot of play action pass just to take that pressure off of the offensive line. Defense, you gave a C. And that goes back to the score. I, I mean, I thought Illinois, I mean, time of possession, you look at the running game, you look at what they did overall. I was very impressed with what Illinois did against our defense. At the same time, I'm looking at some of the injuries not having Nick Hendricks out there really It hurts. did. I would agree with you. Not having Nick out there was huge. 
And he's a guy that, I mean, you know, God, there's some, I've talked to some fans who don't like him. When he's coached up well, when he's got somebody who's instructing him well, he's a guy that I think has some NFL chops. The injury he had last week was brutal to the knee. Um, not having him out there to to kind of he and Rymers, the God, the the two of they them they feed off each other well. They feed off each other. They work well together. They're very comfortable working together. And all of a sudden, you, you've got Va Clements out there. You you got um, Hossman, the, the Columbus kid out there, true freshman. That's brutal for Rymers to have to lead those guys around when you're used to having having Nick Henricks out there. And so losing Henricks was huge. So I, I kind of give him a little bit of a pass for the fact that Nick's not out there. Um, I give Reimers a pass for not having Henricks out there. Um, so that's probably why I, I didn't downgrade him as much at the same time. I thought they again when you look at the yardage, when you look at the time of possession, the fact I thought they did an okay job of keeping Illinois out of the end zone. They limited the touchdowns. The one you took a beating on was the special teams because you gave the special teams a B, and a lot of people go to the blocked extra point, which was horrendous. Well, and a few people pointed out. I mean, there was a kickoff return that was guys were out of position. They, I mean, they kind of botched that one, and so it's. At some point, I'm kind of comparing position groups against other position groups, and, and consistently, special teams is the best performing unit out there. And it's also hard for me to downgrade an entire unit game. I mean, for for the for an entire game based on one play, one guy. So that block PAT, it was one guy. It, it, was, it was Ben Hart. It, it was. I'm it starting was to feel sorry. You know what? I'm starting to feel sorry for him. I, I worry that he's on on a certain level, potentially, he's cashed it in. Which, I mean, the other thing is that I don't want to say my, my initial phraseology, I was going to say the other thing that worries me is that he's going to be like one of these guys like Nick Gates or Zach Starup or – um um or, or Lewis or I mean there's all these O linemen that have come out of Nebraska go to the NFL and all of a sudden they actually start getting some consistently good coaching and they last like four, six, eight, twelve years in the NFL. I mean uh Matt Slauson's a great example. He was yeah. a guy who I thought didn't get the best coaching while he was at Nebraska. And he goes to the NFL and has this outstanding career. And you're like, this guy was a really, really good offensive lineman. A lot of it, Zach Starrup's a very good offensive lineman. I mean, Alex Lewis is a good old lineman. Nick Gates is a good offensive lineman. These guys have gone on to show that they were pretty damn good. Uh, look at Farniok with Dallas. True. Who would ever thought that? I mean, it's it's frustrating to me because you'd like to see some of that development of these guys happen at the college level, 
And then they go, they go off to the NFL and they do great. I mean, Will Hymas, or I'm sorry. Uh, is it Will Hymas? I just blanked. I blanked. Anyway, Hymas. I, I, I look into your eyes. When you blank, I blank right along okay, with sorry. you. Uh, Hymas, he's doing great. He's out in Cali. He's rocking it. It's awesome. You see these guys who you look at what they did down in Lincoln, and it was just so completely underwhelming. And then you see him go on to the next level. Uh, Brent Cavalli. So what you're saying is, I mean, it's you see, there's I mean, no it's, development it's like of players. Ju- it is. You just you give me a little bit of time here. I start thinking of all these guys. I mean, Searles. I mean, I thought I thought Jeremiah was a pretty. I, I actually thought he was pretty solid in Lincoln. I thought he was very underrated in his time in Lincoln. But then he goes to the NFL and like shines. And I mean, Spencer Long was one of those guys came in as a walk on. By the time Spencer Long left, he was first team all Big Ten. So I I don't think he was one of the few guys who actually you saw that development while he was still in Lincoln. But I mean, a lot of these guys, it's not like anybody looks back and goes like, yeah, Brent Cavalli, I mean, or, or Starup. I mean, yeah, these are guys who, who I mean, God, they, they, how did they not win the outland when they were in Lincoln? I mean, they were nobodies in Lincoln. They had very, they were starters, don't get me wrong. But beyond that, they had very okay careers in Lincoln. Farniot consistently, I mean, God, we hammered Farney. We did. Beat him up almost on a weekly basis. And guess what? It was deserved. He did not perform well. There were days I wondered, why is this guy even starting? So He's starting games in the NFL right now. Do you know why? Because he got coaching. He got some coaching. But you're seeing that. So I, I look at some of these guys. I, I mean, at this point, nothing would shock me. But, I mean, at this point, if Ben Hart uh, or Corcoran go to the NFL and somebody picks him up and say, hey, I mean, God, you've got, some arm, arm, you've got some arm length. You've got some reach. You've got some height. Let's just see what happens if we try to develop you a little bit. And, I, I mean, part of me almost wants to say, let's give these guys a chance and see what happens at the next level because I've got this sneaky suspicion that if they got some good coaching, we'd actually see something out of them. Sorry, little O line rant. There. No, but 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 it's it, it's it's warranted, right? Yeah. And, and well, and that was a question I got asked. Sorry, I'm totally interrupting you. No, here, that's but fine. I got asked on Twitter when you look at the guys on the O line in Lincoln right now, post Illinois game, is this a talent thing, a de- or is it a, is, is it a developmental and coaching thing? And I have trouble pinning that down. I truly don't know. I mean, I'd have to be there at practice to watch that to be able to give you a pretty good answer on that, and I haven't been. I mean, I see the games and that's it, and right now I'm not seeing the amount of development you'd like to see, and so I do worry that it's coaching, but at the same time, 
is an old line coach going to be able to develop these guys in one season? And I'm not sure I've got a good answer for that question either. You know, let's go back to where this podcast started. And that was uh, the backup quarterbacks because there seems to be none for Casey Thompson at this point. Dylan Royola makes uh, an unofficial visit to Nebraska. Should people make a big deal out of that or not? I think people should take it with, with take it for what it is. And what it is, is you had a situation that with his original recruitment and commitment to Ohio State, Dylan Riola looked at the situation in Lincoln. He looked at Frost. He looked at some of the issues with Frost and said, this isn't a guy that I want to play for right now. And it's very easy to look at Ohio State, to look at a coach like Ryan Day and say, here's a guy that I would like to play for, to play under, to learn from. There is a huge contrast there, and that is a complete no-brainer. At the same time, I also think that a lot of the barriers to Dylan Riola coming to Lincoln, and when I say barriers, there were a number of people. It wasn't just Scott Frost. There was people on the NIL side that the Riola family did not want to deal with. There were the coaches like Frost that Riola's, they didn't want to deal with him as a coach given some of the issues that they were seeing both in recruiting and kind of from a distance as they watched the team play. And these are things that, I mean, I don't need to go into extensive detail about, but it's stuff that, I mean, has been talked about on every damn podcast, Twitter feed, et cetera, since for the last year or two. Um, all of that stuff's gone now. And so now the question is, is that, is this enough? Is Nebraska enough of a different entity? Whether or not it's Mickey Joseph, it's not going to be. So let's say it's not, but it, it's not going to be Scott Frost. No, and I think Scott Frost. It's not that. It's not that that the right that Riola looked at at Nebraska and said, "Hey, I don't want to play for Scott Frost." Well, it was that. I mean, that was an impediment. That is, Frost represented an impediment to him being here. Frost represented a wall to him being in Lincoln. There were people on the NIL side as well that represented an impediment to Riola being in Lincoln, where Riola, his family, looked at some of the people involved on the NIL side of things and said, hey, it's just these aren't people from a business model standpoint we want to deal with. Well, you bring up NIL. They're gone. None of that is here now. It's 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 a little it's a bit, fresh start. It's a little bit of a fresh start. It's a little bit of a different animal. So I'll be kind of curious to see. That there's a handful of recruits that if you go back and look at them that have committed elsewhere that I would be really curious to see that if Nebraska – kind of locks down a head coach here before the end of November. And again, I don't know if that's going to happen. I hope it does because my suspicion we, we, we'll is we'll have gonna, a podcast to do and I'm I'm going to leave the country for a couple of weeks and I don't want that to happen <laughs> when I'm gone. But yeah, I it's it 
like kind of what I've heard is that it's going to happen the week before the uh, Iowa game. game. Before the Iowa game. I've heard before the Iowa game and again. This is third-hand info. But you know I'm not what? saying this is like Trev called that me would up be and brilliant. told me this. That would be brilliant. It would be. It'd well, be, the, the idea is, is that it, it kind of gets everybody behind, hey, here's Mickey's last blast. Yep. And again, what I've heard is Mickey's going to end up – and again – Second, third hand info. I am not saying this is fact. This is merely kind of a, a little bit of the gestalt that I've heard over the last week or so is that Mickey's going to be asked to stay on as essentially what he was prior to taking over as interim head coach. He's going to be passing game coordinator, wide receiver coach, associate head coach, recruiting coordinator, so on and so forth. Um, he's going to maintain those positions, those titles under whoever comes in as the head coach. Either way, it's, it's, it's a different entity than it was at the start of the season. And I think that changes things with a handful of recruits Dylan Riola is just a tiny bit of a unique kid in the sense that I really think he likes the idea of playing for Nebraska for no reason other than the fact that his dad played here. I would agree with that. Probably the only I, reason I would, he would even it, think about going to Yeah, Nebraska. which, I mean, if I'm a quarterback or a running back recruit at any major college, I'm also looking at who the hell are you guys recruiting for offensive linemen? Hey, you brought up NIL. Have you have you reached out to Connor Orr yet? Because Connor's been I, – I mean, I can't – Oh, my God, I think I forgot dude, to call him. I, I'm getting I I'm getting pinged by Connor on a regular basis because coming up on November 18th, 2022 at 1230 in the afternoon at the UNL Law School. Which uh, is not a good time for a doctor. I, I they got to actually work. But just call him and say, hey, Connor, I, I'm I sorry I'll I blew you up. Because uh, Connor Orr is a, uh, is a sponsor of this podcast. And you can uh, uh, he's with the firm Orr, Horgan, and Flinty. You can reach out to him at ohflaw.com. But they're going to have a sports law panel on the, 20, or the 18th of November at 1230. Uh, Dan Lust will be a part of that. And Dan he, follows us. Yeah, and he is, uh, it's all going to be at NIL and stuff like that. So it's cool stuff. It's, it's, I was going to say, if you're, I mean, talk about an emerging field in law. Yeah. It, it's a cool area of business to be involved with. And it, if, if it's something that, if you're involved in law and you want to break into the sports side of it, this is going to be, it's going to be interesting as heck. I'm just, I'm probably not going to be able to make it. I'm sad about that fact because I'm a huge, I'm a big fan of Connor. I'm a big fan of Dan Lust. It's going to be interesting to see the topics they cover and how they cover them because from an informational standpoint, this is stuff that's right up my alley. I love the portal. I love NIL. I love just kind of the analysis of how all of this is affecting college athletics uh and i think it's affecting it a lot of course uh but if you also need a litigator if you need a lawyer uh get, get a hold of connor at ohflaw.com or you can give him a call at 402-408-6488 or connor at ohflaw.com if you need shirts sweatshirts holiday gifts husker hounds is the place to get them uh scotty strunk uh, over at husker hounds good friend of uh, the Doc Talk podcast presented by Brentford Sports. He's been with us really since we started this thing. That's been many, 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 many years ago. And uh, so I give Scott lots of my own money. Well, and, and that's good. You, you should. He's got two locations in the Omaha area. You can also reach out to him at uh, huskerhounds.com. All right, Dr. Rob. 
Get your t-shirts. Get your t-shirts. They're comfy. They are very, very comfy. Order them online. They're affordable. They're 25 bucks. Very it simple. is. I, I wear the hell out of mine. So I really do. They're comfy as you well. Know, we, we're probably going to have to come up with some new ones because we're probably going to shut the website down right after. We'll keep it open for Christmas, and then we'll shut it down for a little bit, come up with some new slogans. We'll come up with something. If you don't follow Dr. Rob on Twitter, you should, at DocTalkSports. If you don't follow me, well, I, you're not missing much, but you can follow me, at Travis Creates. It's a bunch of Iowa State crap. Yeah, no, Iowa stuff. Sure. Oh, God, see? You, <laughs> and then we got the Iowa State thing right behind us, too, so that's just going to... we got Creighton, we've got Nebraska, we got, a couple, we got I mean, Iowa. I mean, we got, we got Penn State's wrestling coach back there yeah. on a Wheaties box. We equal representation here. Uh, like the Doc Talk Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You will not regret it. We put up a lot, a lot of video. Join us on Wednesday night for Behind the Point Spread with uh, Scott Spreicher. That's a good show. Uh, we do a half hour live on, on Wednesday nights. Talk about uh, four games uh, in college football. And, From uh, a purely informational standpoint, that's, that's it. Ground yeah. gets covered. For Dr. Rob Zaniska, I'm Travis Justice. We will talk to you next week on the Doc Talk Podcast presented by Bet Fred Sports.